Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Modern Day Rebels podcast, the podcast that tells the stories of pioneers who actively create the lives they want to live. If we haven't had the chance to meet yet, hello, my name is Julia Frank and I'm the host of this podcast. I am fascinated by the question of how we can live both better and more meaningful lives. Essentially what this means is that I explore how we can live life on our own terms without having to make any drastic daredevil changes. Whether you're employed, run your own business, work as a freelancer, or whatever your situation might be, this podcast's mission is to highlight the approach of those who live life a little bit more unconventionally to show you that you can too. Each week I sit down with a modern day rebel from a range of different personal backgrounds and industries to chat about why they decided to live life differently, what living life on their own terms looks like, and most importantly, how they managed to do so in the first place. In today's episode, I sit down with Kelsey Lane, designer, illustrator, and founder of Note and Shine. I first found out about Kelsey's work through a collaboration she did with Self Care Co., and I absolutely love her stationery and vision behind Note and Shine, a wellness brand helping you to bring self care into your daily routine. Throughout this episode, we talk about how Kelsey has followed her intuition and trusted her gut to navigate her career path. We also talk about how she has created a fully sustainable wellness brand that wholeheartedly aligns with her values. So let's get into this episode. Welcome, Kelsey. So great to have you on this podcast. Thanks so much for taking the time. To start us off, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Thanks so much for having me. My name is Kelsey Lane and I'm the founder of Note and Shine. It's a wellness stationery brand, so it's all about bringing self-care into your daily life and tapping into your magic. And it's a absolutely beautiful brand as well. Before we kind of dive into that, why do you consider yourself a modern day rebel or why might someone else consider yourself one? <laughs> I think because I always listen to my own intuition. I follow whatever it is that that I think is right for me, even if Maybe it's not the normal thing to do. I just kind of tune out the noise and just focus on what I think is right. I'd like to take a step back there in terms of following your intuition. Was that something you've always done or kind of did you develop that skill over time? I think I've always known that I should listen to my intuition, but there have been lots of times in my life earlier when I didn't follow it and by doing that it it always led me to be unhappy so I've just known not to repeat that mistake again and I've known that what can happen if I don't listen to my intuition basically. And it's really played a massive role in your life. Um, I remember you mentioned kind of when you studied you had you actually ended up doing kind of three different universities. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah so um, so yeah I did go to three different universities. It took me six years to finally get my degree. Um, so I started out the first uni I went to I did a foundation and we had to try lots of different pathways and I didn't find the pathway that felt right to me at the time. So um even though it was a really good university and I was really happy to get in, I told my parents I'm going to leave and they thought, you know, that's that's crazy, you can't do that, like, you're on the right path now and I, I just knew that it wasn't right for me so after four months I just, I left and um, I didn't know what I was going to do after that but I left and I just worked full time while I was working out 
what uni I would choose next (laughs) and then I found a really specialised course because I was really into commercial photography and I found a specific course in Bournemouth so that was great and I went there and the first year I got to fully study commercial photography but then the second year it turned into fine art and again that really wasn't what I wanted to do so one year in or two years in even I decided to quit again and just kind of give myself time to refocus and think what is it that I want to learn because although I really enjoyed the photography I felt like I'd learned everything I needed to know and I wanted to become skilled in something. Then I found another course graphic communication in Farnham and I really loved that and I stayed the whole three years and I did the whole degree. And you ended up studying graphic communications in the end yeah graphic communication yeah it's really specific so it it really helps you to be able to um communicate easily to a consumer what it is the message that you're trying to put across and that's that was what I was looking for because some graphic design degrees they're more about expressing yourself as an artist but that wasn't the avenue that I wanted to go down so I was really happy that I listened to my gut and I just kept going until I found the right course The first job out of uni then, you didn't really feel like that was the right fit either, but you tried a couple of things to kind of almost see how you can change that, if you want to tell us a little bit about that as well. Yeah, so whilst I was at all of those universities, I made sure that I did lots of internships, so I was ready straight away to get into um, a role, and then as soon as summer had finished, the summer after uni, I went into a design role that... I didn't necessarily think it was going to be the right thing for me because it wasn't I wasn't passionate about the subject. It was a really nice company um, and I liked their ethos, but it just wasn't I wasn't passionate about about the subject. But you still took the job, correct? Yeah, I still took the job because I thought because I was new in the working world and I was scared, to be honest, and I thought, I can't wait, um, I've been given this opportunity, I should take it, even though my gut was like, it's not going to work out. I thought, no, I'm going to I'm gonna do it and it will be fine, I'll make it work. It was actually quite far away, it was in a different part of London entirely, so I even moved, I left my um, parents' house and I moved and rented somewhere to live. I was like, I'm going to make this work. And I stayed there for six months, and I was really unhappy, as I already knew I would be, but I somehow thought, no, I, I'm going to I'm gonna stay, because just being an adult, <laughs> that was also in my mind. <laughs> like, being an adult, you, you get a job, nine to five, and you just, you just stick with it. But it didn't work. <laughs> and then what was that turning point for you to go, okay, uh, you know what, this isn't working? Because you tried a couple of things, but ultimately you ended up penning in your notice. Was there a specific turning point that led to that? Yeah, I think it was, I guess it was really gradual, but I just suddenly realised, I think there was one day I came in to just like go and sit by my chair and I just thought, what am I doing here? Like I've created this reality, I've done this to myself so I can easily create a a better reality for myself. For some reason, that's just what I thought I had to do. But then I realised actually, if I have the power to do this, I have the power to do something that I actually want to do. So I literally quit and I didn't have anything lined up. But I just realised that I needed to start like making intention with the decisions that I make. 
And although you didn't have anything lined up, did you know what it was that you were interested in doing? I was really interested in branding and um, I was really interested in restaurant design. And I also knew that being vegan, I'm vegan. So I also knew that I wanted to eventually have my own vegan restaurant. So I wanted to get into freelancing for a restaurant. And then at the same time, I wanted to start building my own company. Which you ended up doing, right? You had your own burger. <laughs> yeah, I I did end up doing that. Yeah. And it was a really great journey. <laughs> but um, again, it wasn't for me. I just followed what I thought. But it was it was definitely a passion of mine. And I was really happy that I followed it through. But once I had created the branding and I'd done all of the design, I realised that there wouldn't be any more and that would all that would be left was cooking and all of the logistics. And it involved me getting up at five in the morning, going to bed at one at night, cooking after cooking and then taking all of the stuff to Greenwich Market. And I just realised like, okay, I know I've spent a year on this, but it's okay. I, I've learned that I can I can leave it behind even even if on the outside it looks like but you've worked so hard you can't just let it go. I just did. So yeah, so after leaving your job you essentially created Kelsey's vegan burger joint because at the time bur- vegan burgers were not really a thing, right? Uh, they're now everywhere but yeah, they weren't a thing. That's why I was really excited. So this was about four and a half years ago now. So I thought this is going to be great because I really wanted to. I was kind of newly vegan. I was vegan for about a year. And um, before that, my sister and I loved going to lots of different um, burger restaurants like Byron and Handmade Burger Co. So I wanted to create that but for vegan burgers. And it it went really well, but I just couldn't handle when people were queuing. I was like, I need to keep making burgers. I just couldn't do it. It wasn't for me. And at the same time, you were were working part-time as well, right? Yeah, so at the same time, um, I had a really steady freelance role where I was working two days a week. So I was really grateful and lucky to get that because it meant that I could have money coming in. And also it was a job that I liked working. It was a great scenario. And is that kind of when your interest in the well-being industry as well as kind of around sustainability and eco-friendly brand, working with eco-friendly brands started? Or how did that come about? No, I think that um, I've always I've always been interested in in well being, and we always grew up like only eating organic food. My mum was really particular about that, so I, it's always been something that has been a passion of mine. And the burgers were healthy burgers, so they weren't just like it wasn't fast food. It was healthy, and the the company that I worked for before they were vegan skincare brand. So I've always been into it. But it never crossed my mind before to combine it with stationery mm-hmm. until it was something that I was looking for because I needed a new planner. And then, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of. And kind of out of curiosity, what led to you being vegan? So um, I've always been really health conscious. And my cousin told me about the kind of how bad eating meat is for your health. And when she told me, like, I just instantly kind of went and did my research I watched lots of YouTube videos and I I, I honestly it's, it's like quite naive but I didn't really know all of the cruelty behind me and I think 
a lot of us don't know that's why we continue to eat it. I mean, if you watch the videos, then you kind of feel compelled that you, you can't eat it anymore. It was really heartbreaking and to watch the videos and I just went vegan overnight. There seems to be kind of a theme of just you you do a lot of the research and then you just go for it and, and make yeah, that decision. That's, that's what I do. I just go with my gut. I just like, okay, this is that. And I just go there. And similarly, you kind of alluded to how Note and Shine kind of came about. But do you want to tell us a little bit about the story of it started off with um, essentially designing stationery for yourself, right? Yeah. So during this whole time of when I was really sad at my job, I kind of got more into meditation. Um, I'd always journaled before that. But um, yeah, I just need starting to find more ways to feel more calm and like center myself and um I realized that if I didn't write it down in my planner then it would be harder to do it because I know that because I'm such a planner I'm like a planner addict I knew that if I write it on my list then I know that I'm definitely going to do it I looked around for for stationery for a new planner for so long and I I didn't see something that had had a kind of like wellness structure as well as like being productive because the two go completely hand in hand for me because I'm really ambitious so they're both my passions. You were essentially looking for a planner that would allow you to kind of plan your work day and all the things that you had on your to-do list as well as some of the things you personally wanted to do right? Exactly yeah. And then how did you go about I guess from the idea of well, the the market is missing something, but then to like, oh, I could I could do it. <laughs> How did that happen? Because you had designed stationery before for yeah, a, a yes, client friend. <laughs> yes, a friend of mine asked me to design her. It was like a planner, but it was like a one-sheet kind of planner. I can't really remember what it was, but I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed it and how. And how I'd always been looking for other stationery and I didn't realise, like, I'm a designer, I could just design my own, basically. <laughs> like, to be honest, that's what I thought. I thought, I can't believe I've been looking for a planner everywhere and I can't find it and I could just make it. So, And so your vision kind of was around helping create that work-life balance. Yeah. Right? But the other thing about your brand that is so wonderful is that it's all sustainably produced. Uh, you use completely vegetable inks as well as eco paper stock, everything's kind of certified and recycled, which there's so many resources out there now, but finding those are quite difficult. Um, so what was the process to, to make sure that you could build a business in the way that you wanted to, while at the same time balancing kind of the reality of, of starting a small business? Yeah, so it was really, really hard to find. I always knew that my goal was that I wanted to make kind of a hardback book or a book that was like more sturdy, but um, I really couldn't find it anywhere. But what I could find was notepads. So that's the thing that I started off with. And that was also challenging because in order to get the cost to be affordable for me to buy, I had to buy large quantities. And it, then it meant that I couldn't experiment with lots of different designs and see what worked and see what people responded with. So um, I ended up making them myself. I bought all of the equipment. I bought the glue. I bought this big machine all the way from... <laughs> I bought a machine I ordered on eBay and I was just cutting them myself. And it, it wasn't sustainable. Once I started getting orders, I realised, oh, I've got 100 notepads to make and I can't make a mistake. Because you've essentially had this vision of like, 
I want to do it in a certain way. And if I'm, if I can't do it in this way, then I'm not going to do it. Yeah. In terms of using vegetable based inks, why is that so important in comparison to, to regular inks? Cause you see recycled paper used quite yeah. a bit now, but not necessarily the inks. Yeah. So, um, it's something that's not very known, but um, when I was looking in a stationery shop one day, I saw that somebody printed with almond with some almonds, and I thought, I have no idea how that's possible, but I just like thought that sounds amazing, and that I need to go and look that up and see see um, see how that's possible. And then um, I discovered that normal inks that are conventionally used, they're made with um, petroleum, and that's really harmful when it dries. It's harmful for the people working with it, and it's also harmful for the, harmful for the environment because when it dries, um, it releases compounds that um, that are really harmful, basically. And it does need to be more widely known. And I think that people are starting to realise, but, yeah, it's just one of those things that are still quite new, I guess. So you kind of started off producing these at home. I kind of imagine everything all over the place, <laughs> although you were very organized anyways. But, yeah. um, oh, but it was. <laughs> and then you, you always had this vision of creating hardbacks, which in this case are journals, right? Like a self-love journal yeah. around this whole notion of self-care. And I feel like self-care and self-love are things that are, are terminologies that are get thrown around quite a bit now. Yeah. What does that actually kind of mean to you on a tangible level? So to me, um, it means making sure that I listen to how I'm feeling and making sure that I take the time out of my day to practice the things that make me happy and not just think oh I have a goal um I have a mission and I'm just going to keep pushing through no matter no matter how I'm feeling because that's actually not productive at all even though we think it is so yeah that's one that's one reason why I practice self-care and self-love I think we can easily forget that if if we go against our intuition and we act in ways that are harmful to us then we're not showing ourselves any love and I realized that especially when I was working at the job that I didn't like I realized that I was treating myself really badly because I was unhappy I was crying most days and that's not that's not very loving mm -hmm. at all so um that's when I really started to get into like understanding what it means to love yourself and to show yourself that that you love and is yourself. that kind of why because you you've got your your company note and shine but then also you still do illustrations kind of for wellness and eco-friendly brands mm. was that kind of a challenge as well to make that decision to say I'm not going to take on any other clients I really have to align with our values so it's a challenge in the sense that it's hard to find but I knew from working with other brands that I didn't necessarily align with their values or to be honest some companies were just about making money and they weren't making something that actually helped people or was actually not good for people and I really didn't it just didn't it just didn't feel right and if I didn't like contributing towards that so um it is a tough decision when you can't find maybe the perfect freelance role but I just kind of hold my ground and think I'm going to find the right place so I just decided I'm only going to work with wellness brands and eco-friendly brands and I think once you kind of put your intention out in the universe and you kind of say 
this is what I would like to do, opportunities do start to come. Mm-hmm. And is that something... You mentioned there were a couple of clients you didn't necessarily feel as comfortable working with. Was that also a decision that you just then kind of made immediately or was there kind of a gradual progression? Yeah, no, that one is a lot more gradual because, I mean, because in the back of your mind, there's always, I have to make money. I have to, I have to be realistic. So it's kind of always juggling being realistic versus doing what feels right and that can be really hard it can be a battle but you've just kind of got to just stay focused and keep putting out the work that you want to put out and then more opportunities will come you essentially then started having these stationaries and we already mentioned kind of you know your end goal was was journals but overall note in china is much more kind of a, a broader wellness brand rather than just uh the the stationery that you produce in terms of kind of your your ethos or your values, what are you hoping that individuals will get by using your products? The journals that I make, they're always really based on something that I've, I'm feeling now or something that I've felt in the past. They're things that I would have liked to have heard, that things that are really helpful. So, for example, like the guided journal, the, the prompts in there are things that I would have used in the past that really helped me but I know that some people when they hear the word journaling they just think oh I don't know how to do it so I thought if I create a guided journal then people will be able to learn how to what kind of questions to ask and what kind of questions will prompt them to find the answers that they're looking for and make them feel more balanced and then the goal is for you to kind of use the journal for like the year which is what it's set out for but then after that you you'll be able to just flow by yourself. That is kind of the goal. Because you use journaling as a tool yourself quite a bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that something that's kind of helped you? Yeah, no, I journal most days. <laughs> most days I journal. A lot of the time I just free flow. So I'm actually bringing out like a blank journal as well because I really enjoy just go letting loose with my thoughts as well. And then other times it's nice to have a structure for things that you you've forgotten during the week. And I think it's quite interesting because as you mentioned journaling, I remember I kind of thought like, oh, you know, the the pink little diary that I had used to have as a kid, like dear, dear journal, <laughs> uh, dear diary. But in terms of kind of using it as a really great tool for mental health and well-being, yeah. kind of what role does it play in your life for those who aren't necessarily familiar with the journaling process? Yeah, no, it plays a huge role in my life. So whenever... I'm feeling lost or whenever I'm feeling down or even if I'm feeling happy. I mean, it's important to ring, to record happy moments as well as moments when when you're when you're stuck, because it's about it's about realizing that, you know, maybe not every day is great or maybe some days are are great, but you should remember it all. So. With building that wellness brand, um, you also kind of talk a lot about self-care and we briefly touched upon self-care and self-love, but I know you're a massive advocate of a morning routine. And again, I think that's something where, you know, we, we see these five tips to a great morning routine, but what what role does that kind of play in your day-to-day as well? 
I know, yeah, morning routine. <laughs> I just, I love my morning routine. Um, I go to the park, which is about five minutes away from me, and um, I walk around while hula hooping at the same time. <laughs> Something that I do every morning. It requires and... a lot of coordination. <laughs> I do not think I could do that. I can barely hula hoop standing. <laughs> it's a lot easier than it looks, and people always come up to me and say, how are you doing that? But it's actually, it's a lot easier, and it's really fun, and it's just a way that I feel free in nature, and... Um, it just sets me up for the day. Then I come home and I always light a candle and I have like a really healthy breakfast. And then I just feel totally calm and ready to take on the day. Is it kind of creating that space to almost start with ease? Because one of the things you said was that a mindful morning starts the night before. So do you mm-hmm. also kind of have a an evening routine? Yeah, so an evening routine is something that I'm, I've started thinking about lately, but when I've said that it starts the night before, it's kind of just making sure that you know what you're going to do the next day. So that's why the the wellness planner is really good because you don't need to, sometimes if you've got lots of things going on, you just think about them all night and they're just running through your head, but then you can't relax. So I thought if you write it down the night before, then you know it's all taken care of and you know the next day it's, you know, you're going to have a calm, calm morning and you're going to have a calm evening. So is that something you do? You kind of sit down the night before to, to write yeah. all the things you want to do, the kind of capture them on paper so they don't haunt you all night? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and with that kind of writing out everything, you also talk a lot about setting intentions. When we talk about setting intentions, what does that kind of look like in comparison, for example, to a traditional to-do list? Yeah, so setting intentions is maybe saying like something that you dream of doing that you might think is impossible, but sometimes, well, all the time, this is what I always do. I always write down affirmations and I always say, it's going to be a great week or I'm going to feature in this magazine, for example, or I'm going to get this dream stockist. And when I say that, it just like it creates that positive energy and it makes there's just really something about releasing what you want to do into like the universe and saying like I'm Mm -hmm. gonna do this and then you just you feel like you do have the power to do it and it for me it, it does always come true it always happens I like to set intentions for the month and for the week. It's really amazing. And you've kind of gotten a lot of recognition as well. You, your self-love journal is mentioned in The Stylist. And you can also get your stationery kind of in California, I believe, or in, in other places in the U.S. Yeah. Too. Was that kind yeah. of a surreal moment? <laughs> it was really surreal. Um, I love L.A. I've been there lots of times. And I always wanted to get my stationery like in the U.S. Because I think wellness is really big there. And it, it can... I want my brand to be like worldwide to help as many people as possible so that was a really great step and yeah featuring in stylist was very surreal but it was yeah it was I was really happy and it just meant that more people could hopefully find it and it can help them and that's what's so great and why I'm so excited to kind of have you on is that you really place equal priority or equal kind of um, space for both work and life, which I don't feel like we we do enough. In terms of building kind of this this bigger wellness movement, you've got a couple of exciting projects coming up that you're working on? Yeah, yeah, I do. So um, yeah, quite a, a few things. So um, I'm working on a self-love deck of cards, 
which I'm really excited about um, because they have little affirmations in them. There'll be 40 in the deck and you can just kind of pull one out intuitively or you can pull one out, uh, you can have a look through and just pick which one you need to hear for the day and you can put it up in your space. I'm also really starting to work more on my wellness blog. I want to make longer informational pieces to help people even more. So I'm going to be... I'm working with someone, we're making some recipes for my blog. Amazing. Going back to the cooking. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, going back to the cooking. I mean, I'm a foodie. That's why I started. <laughs> if I could also, like, have a food brand, I would. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, going back to food and just all areas of wellness that I really want to share. And also a balanced journal as well. Well, I think it's interesting because we tend to almost see food separate from kind of uh, mental well-being but it's all so tied yeah together it's so it's so tied yeah that's why whenever I've eaten something unhealthy I mean I don't I don't personally feel very well and then um it means that pretty much my day is ruined and I should be looking after myself so I've that's why like I have a meal planner and I plan my meals for the week <laughs> everything's planned <laughs> because then I know like yeah I'm gonna feel great I've already written down these healthy meals and that's that's what I'm gonna have and I think that's really amazing because yeah. I, I feel like there's this stereotype of creatives being kind of or at least maybe my my mental image of a creative is is always a little bit chaotic but with your creative process you're both such a planner and such a creative person how does that kind of yeah. fit together or how do you do you have a creative process yeah, so sometimes, well, whenever I get an idea, I always, I'm, I'm too excited, I'm just like, rush to do it straight away. There are definitely times when I'm maybe not as inspired, and again, it's just about finding the balance to be like, okay, I don't feel like I know what to do today, and it's okay, I can just pause. I don't have to feel like I'm working, I don't need to work all of the time if I'm not feeling great or yeah or just I don't know what to do it's okay to pause because the ideas will come if you just do something else that inspires you or brings you joy you can just take a break and that's totally fine and come back to it was that something that was easy for you to do because I know personally that a lot of times self-worth is very tied into kind of being productive and getting work done Mm. so you know taking a step back and kind of working in more of a cyclical kind of Mm. uh, based on a little bit more of a daily rhythm is that something that you were always good about doing or did you kind of learn that no definitely not always good about good at doing no I had to kind of realize that when I was pushing myself it didn't feel good and then the work that I was creating also didn't feel good so I just had to think it's clearly not working and I don't need to follow I don't need to follow the rules that are set out for us. It's like nine to five, you must work every day. Like those rules are just made up and there's no reason why I can't do it another way because I know that I'm going to get the work done. It just might not be every day and that's totally fine. Yes, I completely agree there. And (laughs) with kind of, you mentioned, you know, rule following and I guess also the nature with this podcast, but was there any... Were there any questions that potentially maybe your your friends or family asked when you decided to go freelance and then had also had this burger stand and but were kind of doing both at the same time? Yeah, everyone 
I've always said, oh, you're crazy. <laughs> oh, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, all the time. That was, but now I've learned just to like, that's okay. But before that did used to, it did used to upset me and think, oh, am I making the wrong decision? But just, but it's just based on what other people would say. But then I realised, you know, every time I did follow what someone else told me to do, it didn't work out. So I've just kind of learned over the years to just like tune it out. Even though I know when they say that, they they mean it with like the best intention, of course. But I know what what's right for mm-hmm. me. So. So yeah, I've just learned not to. And you kind of mentioned that too in terms of you wrote online around sometimes it feels like you have to follow what's kind of logically best, but mm. actually that's not always kind of the the best way to do it. It's, you know, the answers are kind of inside of you. And exactly, with yeah. with in particular social media, I feel like there's now this pressure of when you have a brand, you have to be on social media. You have to have an Instagram, yeah. especially I feel like with something like stationary. But you have quite an interesting relationship with that as well. If you want to talk more about it. Yeah, social media, I haven't been on for years. I don't have my own personal Facebook or Instagram because you can just start to compare yourself and it, the, the world is not real. It's a great platform for discovering things, but it's essentially it's not it's not a real depiction of of everyday life so um yeah I do struggle sometimes with with Instagram because I don't necessarily want to post every day and I know that having a business they say you know you're not going to get anywhere if you don't post every day you should be posting three times a day and sometimes I've fallen into that trap but now lately I've realized that I don't have to do that (laughs) and I can just make posts when I feel that that there's something that I really want to share and um a lot of times I have breaks from social media altogether I delete the app for three weeks at a time and I just don't post anything and then I come back to it and it's totally fine you should be able to do what feels right for you if you feel that something you're seeing on social media isn't making you feel good then yeah, you should not feel pressured to do so. And like, you know, you should love yourself and just be like, this is this is hurting me. This is not this doesn't feel good. So so you don't need to do it. So you talk a lot about kind of being in tune with your intuition and being able to really listen to your body. And you seem to really understand kind of what it is that makes you feel good and what it is that doesn't make you feel good. Are there certain markers that kind of indicate, oh, I'm doing I'm currently doing something that doesn't quite feel right? yeah. So I would say if I start to overthink, that's that's a big thing. Overthinking and starting to think things that we can actually... I read a quote somewhere that like a lot of the thoughts we have are not actually our own. And it's really true because when you just consume all of the time, you realise that you're, you're thinking things that you wouldn't normally think. And when I start to overthink, that's when I think, oh, okay something's not right here I need to take a step back and journal and clear my mind and meditate so that's when I know that something doesn't feel right and that I should just stop doing that thing (laughs) yeah amazing so before we wrap things up one of the last things I kind of wanted to talk about is the sense of alignment is happiness for you or equals happiness yeah and in terms of kind of you mentioned you're quite ambitious but in terms of happiness and success how do you kind of define that so for me that that's just about being happy it's not about having lots of money or having lots of material things for me it's just about 
yeah, it's just about making sure that I'm following following the path that I want to follow and I'm staying true to myself, that I'm helping others to also do the same and that, yeah, I'm just happy. It's it's a very, yeah, simple kind of thing that I want from life and that's it really. And when you say, you know, you want to want to stay true to yourself. Yeah. And we've kind of we've kind of briefly touched upon it of like you, you know, you've had friends and family be like, what what on earth are you doing? Was there a point where you kind of felt like, oh, no, this is exactly what I want to be doing. Develop that confidence to be like, regardless of what what I should be doing, Mm -hmm. I don't need to listen to those people. Was there a point where where you kind of realized it's it's not about that. It's about really just owning it and and doing what I want to do? Yeah, I think the point was definitely um, after spending six months at a job that I hated so much, that that was kind of the end of it for me. That was realising, okay, you you can't do this and you knew already. So that was enough for me to know that if I knew that it was going to be bad and it was bad, that I shouldn't do it. And then all of the times where I followed my intuition on something that I thought was good, it was good. So it just kind of works like that. It's like, if I followed it and it was bad and I knew it, and if it was good and I knew it, like, if that makes sense. (laughs) You've got a very, very strong compass. I absolutely love it. And to round things up, I always like to ask three questions. So the Mm. first one being, is there a book that changed your life or shifted your mindset? So I don't really have a book because I don't really read too much but um I have a quote that um I really love amazing I love quotes as well <laughs> I mean I love I love them so this one is it's just so beautiful um to experience peace does not mean that your life is always blissful it means that you are capable of tapping into a blissful state of mind amidst the normal chaos of a hectic life beautiful uh yeah I just love that quote and we kind of touched upon success, but what is your secret to success? My secret to success is following what you want to do, following what what your intuition is telling you and kind of not letting anything deter you from that path because if you feel that it's really right for you, it most likely is. So it's just about setting goals. I do obviously like to set goals as well as go for something that you think is maybe really outlandish or unachievable but you can do it so just whatever you whatever you want to do just say that you can do it and you will do it (laughs) that's what I do what's beautiful about your story as well is that for example with your burger joint you just tried it and you're like I'm gonna try it and see if that's what I think it is and then if not I'll I'll do something else (laughs) yeah And lastly, what advice would you have liked to hear when you started to live life differently? I would have liked to hear that it's totally okay. Like if you don't, if something isn't making you feel good, like for example, the universities that I chose, that, that was a really, that was a, not a really good time. And everyone around me could see that I was really having a bad time, but they still told me to keep doing it. So I would have just liked to hear, like, that's okay. Just follow what makes you happy. <laughs> that's what I would have liked to hear. Amazing. So if people want to find out more about you, where can they find you? So they can find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is um, at note and shine. And my website is noteandshine.co.uk. We'll be looking out for some absolutely gorgeous stationery. I feel like 
this audio is not helpful in the sense to like show off your beautiful work, um, but definitely check out check out the Instagram and the website. It's an absolutely gorgeous design. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and I hope you got as much out of it as I did. I absolutely love Kelsey's approach to just trying things out to see if they suit her. If this conversation has helped you in any way or led to some insights, please share it with your friends, colleagues, or family. I would also be incredibly grateful if you could please write a review as this helps me record more episodes and makes it easier for others to find it. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to Modern Day Rebels on your favorite podcast app. You can also follow at Modern Day Rebels on Instagram or sign up to the newsletter to receive some practical tips and tricks you can easily apply in your day-to-day. You can find all the links in the show notes. See you next Monday.